This episode is brought to you by Michigan Economic Development Corporation. In Michigan, you can have both a rewarding career and a quality lifestyle with plentiful career opportunities in world-changing, innovating industries, from electric vehicles to clean energy to biotech, with room for advancement no matter where you are in your career. Plus, Michigan offers a welcoming, beautiful, affordable, and inclusive community for all. Live your best life. You can in Michigan. Visit themichiganlife.org. Monarch Legacy of Monsters, an Apple original series. The world is on fire. I decided to do something about it. On November 17th. This place, it's not ours. Believe me. The most massive event of the year arrives. If you come with me, you'll know everything, I promise. Oh my God, go, go, go! Monarch Legacy of Monsters, streaming November 17th, only on Apple TV+. Hey, you are listening to Oh Crap Parenting with me, your host, Jamie Gorlacki. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey guys. Welcome, welcome. Oh my goodness. I don't know where you live, but in Rhode Island, it is just so humid. It's like I've had to rearrange my day so that I almost take like a siesta midday and do all my work early morning and later in the evening because I just, I can't even move. I'm very excited because I have finally jumped on this little known platform called YouTube. (laughs) I always miss the boat. I thought YouTube like hit its heyday. So I have some like old potty training videos on there and I just never really gave it a lot of attention because early on, somebody said as a small business owner, you have to kind of choose your social platforms because if you try to do them all, they'll suck you dry. And especially with the potty training end of it, I get endless questions, you know? And of course, the turnaround is really fast for that. So I just, I can't manage comments on like all kinds of things. But yeah, so I, you know, I thought it hit its peak and then it really hasn't. And the great thing about YouTube now is it has like you can do 10 to 15 minute videos, whereas Instagram, you're so limited, right? Like you're limited to 90 second reels or slides. And TikTok, I finally gave into TikTok just because that's where all the young people are and I'm not getting any younger. Every year I get older, my clientele gets younger. <laughs> but still, they have 10 minutes, but I don't know that people are on TikTok for 10 minute videos. So I've really kind of been digging into YouTube, learning YouTube. And so I'm going to start putting my podcast on there too, like the visual component. So anyway, usually when I do a podcast, before I was doing visuals, I would just be in my pajamas or whatever. Now I've been trying to even put on eyeliner, but I'm not wearing eyeliner because it's just going to melt right off my face because I have to shut off the air conditioner to record the podcast. (laughs) I know these are first world problems, but this is my life. So anyway, if you see me sweating, if sweat is dripping down my face, if you see this on YouTube, just mind your business, move on. (laughs) On that note too, I know Instagram released threads this past week. And if it's your jam, that's awesome. I know a lot of people who listen to me. I love the amount of moms I run into that just don't do social media at all. And I Not that I'm judging people who do, because I love it. I love and hate it. But I think it's really admirable to stay away from that pull right now. And it's hard because everybody's on there and you hear about so much on it, but it does nothing for our parenting. You know, if you're one of the people who can use it very mildly, that's awesome. I am not. Like I have to put time limits on myself and time limits on my phone because I just, I'll get sucked into the scroll. So Instagram released threads and I just want to let you know that I will not be partaking. I may miss the next great thing, but I never was interested in Twitter. My work isn't conducive to 140 
characters, limited characters, whatever. So anyway, I, I'm very frustrated by the amount, like I was there for the inception of Facebook and it runs its course. It's really interesting. Like Facebook didn't have an algorithm. When I first started Okrap Potty Training, Facebook was pretty new and it didn't really have an algorithm yet. There were no paid ads. And it was nice because every if you followed somebody, you saw all their content, which is kind of why we're there, right? Like if you follow somebody, you kind of want to see their stuff in your feed. And then they really went to paid ads. And then I personally got off of Facebook because it just turned into, it felt like a sewer of crap running through my life. It was just so opinionated and you couldn't say anything. And I'm really seeing the same thing with Instagram. It's really taken that path. Like for a while, Instagram was like this really cool place to be with attached visuals. But like I mentioned in my last week's podcast, it's just astounding to me that somebody posts a little bit about their life and everybody jumps on. It somehow gets into the, you know, the feed and people jump on and not everybody can do that. And it's gotten crazy. So I'm not interested in a Twitter that is connected to Instagram. (laughs) So anyway, if you're into the new thing threads, that's awesome. But unless it totally takes over all social media and it may, I mean, I missed the boat on, what do I I have like 300 followers on TikTok and these influencers have billions of people. (laughs) I don't know. I I love it. I love social media for business because there's never been a time in history where we've been able to give information so easy. And so anyway, all by way of saying I will be on YouTube And I'm very excited because I can do like mini podcasts there and longer videos than Instagram, but shorter than podcasts. So hopefully you'll join me there. It's Oh Crap Potty Training and Parenting. Yeah, if you want to check it out, subscribe, that'd be awesome. So I had a couple of follow-ups that I wanted to address from uh, past episodes and a question from a patron that I thought really needed to be addressed for everybody. So following my DC trip, a patron asked, hey, do you have any recommendations for kids under five while visiting DC? And I I had said this in the podcast, but I want to reiterate it. I really don't. And granted, I didn't go to DC with a under five-year-old lens. You know, I was with teenagers, adults, everybody who could walk, who don't throw fits in public. I didn't go with that lens. But I want to reiterate a couple of points. One is all I saw was kids melting down. You know, if you go in the summer, it's ridiculously hot. It's a lot of walking and it's a lot of walking on marble stone and pavement, which is really taxing on the body. And I just didn't think, I think the big pulls for people are the air and space and the natural history. If you have a child under five, I found them to be underwhelming. And partially, as I said, because the Museum of Space, Air and Space was under construction. So it was very small and there was like some ooing and aahing, but the scope of it, I think would be hard for a kid. You know, a lot of the planes and the satellites or whatever you're looking at are like way up high. I don't know that the scope is great for kids under five. I said it before, I'll say it again. I'm in training for a endurance Spartan race and it kicked my ass. So I just can't imagine bringing a toddler. The other thing is that they just have no reference for any of this. A guy landed on the moon, who cares? You know, even the ooing and on maybe of the fossils at the Natural History Museum, like that's got some spectacle to it. But I think there's just not enough context for what's available in DC. You'll be very limited according to your child's temperament, and you will have to probably do one thing a day, and that's about it. But even then, like they're they're gonna love 
the bus probably, <laughs> but the bus, even the Lincoln Memorial, none of these things are going to have significance from them. Even if you have touched upon them, I don't know too many four or five year olds who get like, they might get into something, but I don't typically see it into like Lincoln and, and what the Emancipation Proclamation meant. You know what I mean? There's a lot of depth in the sightseeing that's available in Washington, D.C. And more importantly, you're not probably going to get to see the things you want to see. But this brings me to a larger point. Again, I think I kind of reiterating stuff I said in that original podcast, but it brings me to a point of like, I do see this a lot. There are kind of places, I'm going to use the words appropriate or not appropriate, but I don't mean that as a pejorative. I don't mean that as a, a judgment. It's just that there's other better things you can do with your kid. You know, stick to your local natural history museum. I find that most most cities have a natural history museum. Ours is so great. It's just so fun and it's little and it's not overwhelming. Yeah, of course, it doesn't have a T-Rex skeleton. I just think there's better, more enjoyable things to do with kids. They're so happy. Like if you find a creek on a nature walk, they'll sit by that creek all day watching things happen. So I think it's just don't set yourself up when your kids are under certain ages they can't appreciate it, whether it's the food of a fine dining restaurant or it's, you know, sightseeing in DC, they're not going to understand the significance and they want what they want. They're really needy, right? And they're very self-centered. They want what they want when they want it. They know what they know and that's that. And so really when you're choosing vacations or even a night out, it's like, what's going to be the least amount of work for you? Right. And so I stopped going out to eat. And Pesco was a very well behaved kid, but I stopped going out to eat. It was too chancy. Like, you know, was he going to get too tired by the time we got there? You know, was he going to fall off of cliff of hunger before the food came? There weren't tablets when he was little. There weren't cell phones. Well, there were cell phones, but they were not what they are today. So, you know, then there was entertaining him at the table. And that was not worth a night of going out. And granted, I know some people who go to the brewery with their kids and the kids run around in the back and there's places where there's games and that's a different animal, right? That might be appropriate. And maybe you do have a kid who can sit at a five-star restaurant and eat like a, a little, little civilized person. <laughs> I had a friend who took her kids out and her kids never ate off a kid's menu. And her kids sat, they were just two little gentlemen. It was wild. Then she had a third kid and she was like, yeah, fuck this. I can't do this ever again. <laughs> so I just think that sometimes we press, like we want to do things, or sometimes we have a preconceived notion of like, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. Like I always personally thought that Disney was insane. Like I wanted, you know, for a kid who may not remember it. And yes, I know they're princesses and the things in the movies come to life and it can be very magical, but I just always thought, oh my God, for me personally, that just sounds like hell. So I'd much rather go make mud pies at a lake. You know what I mean? So don't push your kids though, because then it ends up being miserable for you. This has nothing to do like, I don't, again, it's not a judgment and has nothing to do with child development. It's really about you guys having some downtime and you guys getting a break. And, you know, even going out to dinner, is it worth it if all you're doing is controlling a tantrum or managing and, and kind of on edge about how the kids are going to behave, could potentially behave, that kind of thing. You know, especially now after COVID, I just think so many things, delivery is such a different option now, you know what I mean? And groceries getting Instacart or whatever. So I just wanted to bring that up because I do see a lot of people sort of, I think it's really hard, especially if you're on your first kid, we all go through this, like, who am I? 
I think we make promises to ourselves when we're pregnant or thinking about having a kid like, well, I'm not going to be that person who gives up my whole life because I have kids. And so a lot of times, you know, again, maybe you have a kid who, who can do all those things with you and that's awesome. But sometimes it's just not worth it, you know? And I think it varies depending on the activity. Like I love hiking. Pascal always hiked and I made him push through hiking because for me, it was like resilience, you know, and, and the, the views at the top of the mountain. So that was worth the fight to me, but going out to a restaurant and him being like antsy or whatever, that wasn't worth it to me. So I think it's just really hard when we lose our identity. We want to do the things we went. We want, sometimes we just want to be out of the house, but just choose carefully. That's all. And make sure that it's not going to be more work on you than less work. Cause I think that's a lot of times we want less work. We're like, I don't feel like cooking. I want to get out of the house, but then it just turns into like, not fun. <laughs> Have fun. Have fun with your kids when you go out. <laughs> Monarch Legacy of Monsters, an Apple original series. The world is on fire. I decided to do something about it. On November 17th. This place, it's not ours. Believe me. The most massive event of the year arrives. If you come with me, you'll know everything, I promise. Oh my God, go, go, go! Monarch Legacy of Monsters, streaming November 17th, only on Apple TV+. I had another comment regarding another podcast when I interviewed Aaron of Spins and Stomps. And if you didn't listen to that podcast, it's really, I enjoyed that interview so much. Aaron has an autistic daughter and the way she approaches learning alongside her daughter is just, it's fabulous. I actually had quite a few people actually comment privately to me on Patreon that, uh uh-oh, some of the things she was saying, I feel like my kid displays and that, you know, Maybe, you know, it's kind of been in the front of my mind that my kid might have a diagnosis, particularly like things like, you know, climbing or moving furniture, like off the walls behavior. And so I just kind of want to reassure you. One of the things that Erin said that I, like, cause I had asked her, I was like, you know, aren't we all sort of neurodivergent? Don't we all have these like idiosyncratic things? And she was like, yeah, but if it interrupts your life. So if you feel like, you know, my kid's not like other kids or my kid seems extra or my kid seems to be a little out of the box. You know, I would look at, is it affecting daily life? Number one, is it across the board? Is it getting notes sent home from preschool, daycare, kindergarten? Is it affecting your relationship with your spouse? You know, a lot of times spouses aren't on the same page with these kinds of things. And it can be really affecting your marriage or your relationship. So those are the things I would look for. I think it's really tricky because coming out of, if your child is three, remember you have a pandemic baby, right? And so things changed. Gross motor skills were behind. Core development, meaning the whole trunk wasn't developed because in most places under pretty strict lockdown for a couple of months. So things happened. And I have noticed in my work that there are way higher sensory needs in kids, which doesn't necessarily mean a diagnosis. Sensory, oh, I forget what it used to be called, but it it was its own thing. And then it they took away the diagnosis and they made it into, you know, sort of part of being on the spectrum. But I have so many, I've worked with so many kids. I don't have so many kids. I 
have all of my clients, I call them mine. <laughs> but I've worked with so many kids who just have extra sensory needs for whatever reason. So number one, we always want to look towards what is that need. And I think if you go back to Chantal Zimmerman, she's a forest school teacher. She and I had some great interviews and I think I'm going to have her back on, but she's really good at dissecting this. And she runs Sensory Garden and Play on Instagram. Her reels are just fantastic. She's really great at decoding the sensory need. And so if your child is climbing, do they need more arm work? Do they need sort of big play in that way? Go to a playground that has height so they can feel their risky climbing and it's not just your kitchen counter. And I have always, I've said this in past episodes, but I'll say it again if you're new to my podcast. I recognized in myself, I had a lot of excessive like arm energy and Pascal, I always was really careful as a toddler to take him to playgrounds and parks that had height that he could climb because there's kiddie playgrounds too, you know, that are kind of one level or they have a couple of steps. You can't really get any height. And he climbed, he loved climbing, but he never, ever climbed at home. So I think he got it out. You know, you want to like, you know how you run a puppy out. You want to run out these sensory needs. They're going to replenish in the morning (laughs) to be clear. But, you know, just so that your child is appropriately tired at night and you meet the need, we want to meet the need because especially with arm energy, I do really think that's how we get into like pushing and shoving and nudgy and pokey and pulling hair and things like that. So that is really helpful. But if your child is extra, and I say this coming as a child, I was extra, I've always been extra. <laughs> and I have like high physical energy. I am don't know why, but I've always been this way, but it never interrupted my life. So that's where I think the big difference is. So I think it's really hard. And I think it's hard also, again, going back to social media, if you're on social media, there are some really interesting things like people with ADHD, adults with autism, who are doing some really cool reels like oh, I didn't know this was a sign of my autism or this is what I did as a kid with ADHD, such that I even was like, dude, do I have ADHD? You know, because I've crafted an interesting life for myself where I do get to have attention deficit. I don't really have to, you know, have to sit at a desk for eight hours. And I was like, well, it kind of doesn't matter because it doesn't affect my life, you know? And I think that's the big issue. But also I think it's very easy as a worried parent to start latching onto like, is something wrong? Is that something wrong? And so I encourage you to not jump to those conclusions. And we know this is well-documented. So I'm not being like gender weird about anything is boys suffer more in the school system with their rambunctiousness. Certainly and there are girls and there are girls who are rambunctious, but we know in particular boys have a very like explosive thing that does get overdiagnosed as ADHD. And so we just want to be cautious of that. When in doubt, schedule an evaluation. And I don't think, you know, I always say this about any diagnosis. It's simply a roadmap to how your child's brain works. It does not have to be a label, a stigma. We know so much more now. So, you know, when in doubt, schedule an evaluation. But in the meanwhile, no matter what, you definitely want to try to meet your child's sensory needs, right? So like, Look at Chantel had brought this up, like kids who either bite or bite on things. You know, they have like their shirt or something. Those kids might need foods that are crunchy, that chew, carrot sticks, apples, you know, crisp apple slices, you know, meat on the bone, grisly meat, things that they can really chew and they might have that sensory need. So look at what your child's doing that might seem extra or may have you questioning a diagnosis 
and say, hmm, is this just an unmet sensory need? And I think that would go a long way in easing your doubts. Okay, so I got another question from a patron and that was, I'm going to just synopsize it, which is basically I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old and they're constantly sick. Is this normal? I'm hearing this from all my friends. Everybody is saying that it's abnormal. And I was wondering your thoughts on it. So yes, kids are freaking little peachy dishes. So pretty much once they stop like being an infant, you're looking at a snotty nose, I feel like till they're like 10. Now there's all kinds of situations. This particular mama who wrote to me, her kids aren't in a schooling situation, but they still hang out at parks and everything. One thing about the immune system that you want to recognize is that it's actually being sick as a child. Like, And I'm talking about like colds. I'm not talking about debilitating sicknesses, enough to probably keep them out of activities for a day or two, but nothing like crazy. But the immune system needs practice. When we over-sterilize things, hoping to keep our kids not sick, that's not good for the immune system. So we do want them dirty. So we want them dirty literally and figuratively, so that their immune system gets strong and built up. And that does happen in childhood. I'm not an immunologist, but you know, this is cursory, cursory knowledge. But I do know that over sterilizing, one of the things they say both about allergies and, you know, the uptick of like peanut allergies and these kinds of things and the sicknesses is that dishwashers, because dishwashers really sterilize the dishes, which is awesome. But for years and years and years and centuries, we didn't have dishwashers. And so we probably did a pretty crappy job. And so there was much more bacteria. Remember, we have more bacteria than we have cells. Like we're just, I think that's true. I mean, I don't know. I wish I had one of those producers who could like fact check for me as I'm saying things. (laughs) It's just me and Maverick. (laughs) We have a ton of bacteria, both in our microbiome and in our body, and we want those to be thriving and strong. And so Yes, it is very common to be sick all the time. And then once you enter daycare or preschool, it's just endless. And that was my experience with Pascal. And I used to say, I let him lick doorknobs and suck on money. I was all about stay dirty. You don't have to wash your hands all day long. So check in with yourself because if you are over sterilizing, that could be part of the problem. And we don't want kids, when people say, oh, my child's never, ever been sick, we want them sick in childhood because, again, their immune system needs practice. It needs to see the incoming infections and viruses, and they want to let it, the immune system wants to fight it off and get practice, right? And that's part of it. And so after COVID, people went crazy. And, you know, I where I lived, I was able to do this, but I wasn't touching hand sanitizer. I have never touched hand sanitizer. I just think it kills off too much stuff. So be cautious that you're not over sanitizing because we do that. COVID just really ramped that up. A couple of other things that you can do to make sure that their immune system is thriving is make sure that they get some sunlight without sunscreen. And that can be early morning sunlight. It can be evening sunlight. Like actually seeing the sun rise and set is like so good for circadian health. So with a two, three-year-old, I mean, right now it'd be really hard because the sun is rising. I don't know where you live, but it's rising at like 4.45 now. So you don't want that. And the sunset is like at nine o'clock where I am. So like, you don't want that either. But you know, if you want them in direct sunlight when it's not brutal sun, just for you know 20 minutes or something like that, right in their eyes. Not a lot of sunglasses, not a lot of sunscreen. Of course, if you're going to the beach, you're going to be exposed in the sun all day long. Absolutely. But sunlight, you know, helps synthesize the vitamin D. And so vitamin D is actually a hormone. And so we really need that sunlight 
I'm not sure about this, but I think it helps synthesize cholesterol into vitamin D. It also just makes you feel better. So (laughs) plenty of sunlight. And definitely one of the things that I have found, I had a bad run this winter. I was kind of, it just kind of kept recurring. I just was like a, a laryngitis, a cold, but I really was probably low on zinc. And I just, I kind of, you know, it's hindsight's 2020, right? But what I have been doing more recently, my Whole Foods has oysters for 12 for 12. So that's a really good price. It's a dollar each. And oysters are one of the most beneficial foods for zinc. And zinc is way better at keeping you well than vitamin C. So if you can grab some oysters, now oysters are pretty much like boogers. I don't know. I like them, but I can see why people don't. So maybe it's something that you could chop up very finely and put in a sauce. So put in something like that. If your kid, Pascal always loved bivalves and oysters as a kid, he loved slurping them down. So I would give that a try with your kids because I don't put a little ranch dressing. on it. They all seem to love ranch dressing, but that would be an awesome way. Salmon is really great. When I talked about picky eating, raw salmon is so, it's such a great food for picky eaters because the texture is nice and smooth. It's a mild taste. It's a nice fatty fish. And so salmon's really great for vitamin D as well. And omega-3s, which were really omega-6 heavy. I think too, just, you know, diet, just a diet. And I know it's just, I know it's so hard at this age. Everybody is just like picky eating, picky eating, picky eating. But as much as you can stay, Super healthy with your food, with your eating at home, at least, you know, I definitely notice when I go, I don't like even in DC, you know, we went out, we had some dessert. I was climbing the Lincoln Memorial and Pascal had like, what's those, their chewy candies, Mike and Ike's. He had bought some of those and I had, I was, I kind of felt shaky. So I was like, oh, maybe I need, just give me a couple of those Mike and Ike's. But then I, I feel like shit. And I almost always feel like I'm catching a cold after I have, after I eat like crap. So, and yes, I do eat like crap occasionally. <laughs> But it definitely can be congestion and starting sickness. I also just saw that is really interesting. You can do a nebulizer and you can use colloidal silver as a base in a nebulizer. And I thought that was really cool. I'm going to actually order one and try it because I love colloidal silver. Colloidal silver is an awesome all-round fix-it liquid. You can get it right on Amazon. And it's really good if you're starting to feel sick. You can take a shot of it. It doesn't taste like anything. It has no viscosity to it. So that's an awesome thing to have in your toolbox. And even now with the air conditioners, if you have air conditioners on, try in the morning before it gets really steamy, unless of course you're like in the South and it's just ridiculous. You know, open your windows, get a fan going, circulate the air. Cause I do think too, sometimes with the air conditioners on, I just always feel like the changing of seasons. Spring and fall seem to bring on the most sicknesses and then the air conditioner and the heat both seem to trigger colds or congestion or things like that. In my work, I haven't seen an abnormal amount of, the kids are constantly sick, but again, it's like, I did see a couple of cases, but we really worked through that. A couple of my clients with, you know, fixing picky eating. And that was awesome because now the kids, you know, they're doing better. Their health is better. But I haven't personally, I have seen, I feel like there's a, an abnormal amount of like stomach bugs that kind of have been, it's, it feels like one client of mine at all times has a stomach bug. So yeah, but to answer the original question, I haven't necessarily found it to be crazy rampant, but feel free to let me know guys, either on Patreon or, you know, Instagram or whatever. Like if you feel like there's a, a crazy, a, more than, I do know that it's overwhelming. And I think it's one of those things that plenty of people say it but you don't believe it till you're in it. You're like, holy shit, this nose won't stop running. Oh my God. So I do remember that it just feels very like 
as soon as one gets better, the next one gets sick, then you get sick, then your spouse gets sick. So there is that treadmill definitely in the first few years, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's a, a terrible thing. Again, the immune system needs some, some boosting. And I just know that when you don't catch th- common things I'm talking about again, right? Like, you know, I have a cousin who is OCD and OCD with cleaning and she sterilizes everything, pours hand sanitizer, you know, Lysol, just it's a lot. And her kids typically don't have that like little seasonal cold, but when they fall, they fall super hard. So it's kind of not a badge of honor for a kid who's like never been sick. I mean, if they've never been sick because you sort of live in the sunlight and you've got the best stress-free life and they're eating really healthy and that's really awesome. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not cursing you out, but if they're never sick because they live in a bubble, that's not really good either. And let me see, do I have any other? No, that's it. All right. I'm going to log off for today. I have a bunch of messy notes in front of me and I thought I had one more, but I don't. (laughs) All right, guys, as always, I appreciate you. Yeah, you can always join Patreon. That's a dollar to join. And we have a good community and comments there. And that's awesome. And you get your podcast ad free. And I think that's it. All right, guys, as always, rock on. I appreciate you. Have a great day. Okay, bye everyone. Just a reminder, if you need additional resources, I have Oh Crap Potty Training. I have Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler. Those books are available everywhere you want to find a book. (laughs) You can also go to my website, jamieglowacki.com, where you can book private sessions with me, buy any of my courses. Those are really geared towards potty training help. And also I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook anymore and I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, jamie.glowacki, and I do a lot of lives and uh, usually posting a lot of good information. So those are extra resources for you. And as always, rock on. Have an awesome day.